Good morning, everyone. This is Kathy Mason from Mason Works Marketing here on Conscious Business Zone with my friend, Felice DiMartino. Yay! <laughs> I'm so excited. We are going to have so much fun today, and hopefully you are going to be so inspired when you hear Felice talk about her experience and how it can help you in your life right now. Um, especially going through all these changes that everyone's, um, you know, getting ready for. It's not just change of the new year. It's a change of lots of things, hopefully. Yay. Yay. So, um, so everybody, Felice is a near-death experiencer. I actually met her several times through the IONS community, and we got to be together um, at the last event. And um, But she's also a futuring facilitator an educational consultant, a multi-dimensional guide, an emissary of light. Um, so I want to ask lots of questions about how all these things fit and your road to it. So first question is how, do you wanna share your story a little bit about the near-death experience so people can understand and get a feel for your what, what I love about you is your incredible articulation of your mystical experience, um, because that's not the easiest thing to do. So, so if you wouldn't mind sharing that, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> yes, I'll share it. I'm, I, I took some notes and wrote a little bit why you're um, doing your introduction, just so I remember, you know, these, these pops that want to be spoken. Um, so in 2015, I had been a Montessori teacher. I like the word guide because really what I was doing was guiding and facilitating a space for these children and the adults who guide them, um, for their innate potential, for their innate abilities to come forth. So I had been doing that for about 25 years and I had just gotten into some consulting and consulting for Montessori schools, independent schools and training centers and um, teacher certification programs. And one day I was leaving work. It was about, <clears throat> it was dusk and I had left my, I left work like I had done for a bazillion years before that. And I was walking to my car and my car was parked off of campus in a lot that the school rented. And there was a light. I had, I had walked to a light and there was a light and um, I had the right of way. So I waited till the, it was a busy intersection and I waited until the light turned red, giving me the way, the right of way to cross the street. And up from behind me came a large pickup truck. I never saw it coming. Um, so she came up from behind me and it turned out she sped to avoid the, to make a left-hand turn before the oncoming car. And when she made the left-hand turn, I was in the crosswalk about three quarters of the way across, um, in the crosswalk across the street. And she made a left turn. She didn't see me and she struck the right side of my body. And um, that initiated 
a whole series of events, including a near-death experience. And that was my before and after. That was my uh, marker. We all have these markers of you know, life before and life after. I mean, in every moment of our life, it's like that. And then there are these big events, right? And that was the ultimate in my before and after. So that's the pre. I don't know if you want me to go on and share what happened. I know some people have heard my story and um, are aware of, you know, what had occurred. So I don't know if you want how deep you want me to get into it? Well, I think that um, a lot of people like me yeah. <laughs> um, like to hear about your experience out of body. Yeah. Because, um, and and I haven't had a near-death experience. I've been lucky that I've had spiritually transformative right. experience without the, um, the body trauma. Mm-hmm. So, so, but, but people are looking because you're so eloquent about that, that, that spaciousness and that incredible gift that we're, we cut off of ourselves in our physicalness until we don't. (laughs) And, and you're, by your articulation, I think people not only will they sense that, um, that they may have a path to that, but that you may help them have a path to it. Okay. Yeah. So I'll share and thank you so much, Kathy, because, you know, when I came back, I have a mild traumatic brain injury and I've done a lot of work, a lot of speech therapy, a lot of neurofeedback, a lot of working with um, like Daniel Amen's office and spect imaging and all sorts of modalities. So giving words to something that is ineffable, meaning it's beyond words is enough. And then having a mild traumatic brain injury on top of that, it's like amplifies that. So I really appreciate that. And sometimes I end up closing my eyes when I share the story. It's just allows me to be in the space of that experience. And when I share this, it's this activation, hopefully of a remembering inside of all of us and that we don't need to have you don't need to have a near-death experience and as you mentioned the trauma to the body to access uh, a remembering of where we come from and what exists beyond the body so uh so the car her truck it was a big excuse me dodran pickup truck i'm just gonna have some water And so she hit the right side of my body. And the last thing I did before I whipped my head around and there was a pair of eyes that I could make out above the, you know, the hood of the truck was like here. And I saw this pair of eyes and that came to me after like that, that piece of it. I was outside of my body. I was looking down upon the scene and there was a sense of disorientation because I was existing out above my body, looking down at the body. So there was a sense of I was there and now I was here. 
Um, and I saw my body on the right hand side to the left, very still. There was a sense of uh, organized, well, not organized chaos at that point. There was a sense of terror and of um, sheer, sh sheer frightening, fright, frighteningness. I don't even know if that's a word, but there was a sense that I could sense of the people below. There was a, an air and an energy that I was able to feel of this panic and there was a there was a man who directed a woman and i saw all of this from above to to go to the cross street to stop the traffic and the woman who had hit me was in hysterics shock and hysterics at the same time and in the in the assessing there was like this disorientation and kind of a that turned into an assessing of of, well, I was existing here and there was the body. Like, was I going to be able to rejoin and go back into the body? And I understood that I would be able to go back. Um, my body looked like it was in one piece. I didn't know what was going on internally or all the multiple fractures and the, and the skull being cracked and all that was occurring, the internal bleeding and swelling and kind of shutting down of the body. And as my body started to shut down, I started to have a sense. And when I say I, it was I existing as this awareness, fully intact, yet outside of the physical form. And as my body started to shut down, it felt like this, um, well, it didn't feel, I was, uh, ascending higher and higher and getting more and more energized. So it's like the life force was going dormant and the force that I was existing as was getting more um, infused with energy. And I found myself in complete blackness. And this blackness was there was a luminosity to the blackness. There was like a shine, a brilliancy, yet it was black, like the blackest of blackest that we, that we don't even have a name for yet. If you can imagine this pure, expansive uh, blackness that was never ending, that was complete spaciousness without boundaries, with out uh, the quality, any qualities that we would assign to color. And I was completely merged in with this blackness. There was no separation at that uh, moment between me existing as an individual consciousness and the blackness, yet there was an awareness of being in complete emergence with this expanse. And I was simply being, it was a pure presence of now being. And at some point from that blackness, there was a a shift almost in um, a shift in, in frequency. And 
I was still in this blackness, yet it had transformed to a sense of being held like in a cocoon. And I was aware that on the periphery that there were um, others that were in cocoons. And I say others, yet there was a quality we were all made up. Like I was distinctly in a cocoon and those around me that I was aware of on the periphery, we were made up of uh, the same kind of substance and a sense arose that this was some kind of a waiting place. And again, it was, it was warm in the cocoon. It, there was a sense of warmth of nourishing, of nurturing. There was a sense of being completely held as if you're floating in water. And from that place, there was a sense of wondering that started to emerge and build up that if this was a waiting place, what was I waiting for? And I say a wondering or a curiosity or a question because it was a thought, yet it felt like it was an energy packet. We name thought, we give this word thought, and that it felt like that, but I it was experienced as an energy packet. And as soon as that culminated, I found myself in this place of pure luminosity of light. And in this light, there was a presence that was made up of the light that that was distinguishable from the light from which it came yet that was also one with the light. And I know I, I'm doing my best again to give words to this um, and to give words to an experience that is beyond spoken words. And this presence was there for me to guide me, to show me, to answer any um, questions or wonderings that I may have. And it was as if this presence was other than my own, yet was also, uh, we were merged in together at some point in as one. And uh, it was as if uh, you put your forehead to someone else's forehead and you know everything about them and everything about their life and everything about their journey and in all the multifaceted ways. And that was the experience with this presence. And I was shown what was going on in my life, what had led me in my soul's journey and evolution to that moment in time on earth in my incarnation there was transmissions of understanding and and uh being shown why everything and how everything and how my choices and why my choices were what they were had led up to that point of what i was experiencing on earth and the nature of being a soul in a human body, in an incarnation. So all of the soul's experiences through all lifetimes and, you know, that an energetic signature 
um, that had been embodied on earth, uh, how to, uh, a clear path and way uh, when I came back to uh, move through circumstances and life. And at some point, so there was a lot of information that was being shared and transmitted. And at some point, there was a, a again, this um, energy started to reach a, cres a, a crescendo that if I was coming back, I needed to get back to the body. And there was an urgency that started to build. And I found myself just on that cusp of returning to the body. And I heard from this presence uh, that was other than my own and that I was also merged in with, it's time to live big. When you go back, it's time to live big. And right before I started to, there was a sense of descending into the, uh, uh, down towards the body. I said, who are you? And I heard, I am you. So as this reflection, as this presence, looking back at me, I am you. And I experienced myself as that presence, looking at myself. And um, I started to descend. I started to hear uh, in the, in my hearing, yet it wasn't. It 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 sounded like it was in a tunnel almost. The and and I could see that they were EMTs that were talking to me and that were asking questions. And I could see and and hear as if I was in a tunnel. That physical form that was also me, um, moving the mouth and and the voice and. Um, I started to descend. And at some point, I was close to the body and I felt myself on and I could see with eyes that were not my physical eyes, because that was impossible. At that point, I was I, my head was cranked looking to the left, but I saw it. And at some point, I was above my body and I was on a stretcher. And I was about six inches to a foot. I could feel myself when I came closer to the body. Uh, I could hear the body making sounds, yet I wasn't feeling um, anything, yet I could hear these yelping sounds. And then there was the sensation of being like squeezed, it, it, like just squeezed into this form, yet I was also existing as the expanse outside of the form. And I felt this kind of squeezing in. And at that point, there was a there was a, a time in the ambulance. I was in I was in an ambulance. I heard this the sirens and I I remember I was I said, huh those sirens are for me. I was completely uh, in this place of bilocation, which is existing outside and in. So you, so because we're multidimensional, we exist in multiple planes and multiple dimensions and multiple energetic frequencies at one time. And in the ambulance, I could see 
from down, there were two EMTs and there was one squeezing my head at the top of my head because my head was bleeding and they didn't know where the blood was coming from. And so he was above my head and I was on top of the ambulance looking at it. And, um, and they were, they were aiming to keep me there and alive. And, um, when I, when I, uh, more fully inhabited and came back, I was in the emergency, in the trauma unit of a trauma hospital, and yeah, and the thing I also want to say is there's it's there's this timelessness, right? I mean, from the time that I was this two things about a, a few things about timelessness in the expanse, there was timelessness, there wasn't linear time, there was just complete expanse, and also there was no gender, there was no uh like this presence had attributes that we assign to male and female, yet it was neither and it was both. It was all of it at the same time. Beautiful. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for, for giving Wow. That, oh, beautifully explained. Um, Jackie Arnold put Felice equals angelic transmissions. Isn't that neat? Thank you, Jackie. Jackie, for having tears come to my eyes. Oh, oh. well, okay. So, so you have this experience, and you you see something. You experience something much more expanded than you've had before. How did you assimilate this new knowledge into your everyday life? Because the re-entry can be pretty rough. It, not only do you have the physical um, pain, but you may have confusion and um, this access to possible superpowers <laughs> afterwards. Um, it's confusing. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. How, what would you say is um, is is the the re-entry part? that that you experienced so the re-entry part for me there was definitely the sense of um confusion first of all it you know it <clears throat> the experience itself um confirmed in a in a knowing in an experiential way uh, many spiritual practices that I had practiced before and, and, a, and a more spiritual path I had been on. So it confirmed it, it wasn't anymore a belief or a thought or uh, yeah, it, it became an experiential capital K knowing, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And integration I was existing. I, I didn't really have a sense of where my body began and and where there was separation uh, and boundaries. And also at the same time, I couldn't walk. I could barely speak and formulate words. Uh, so all I could do was really be. I mean, there. So integration. You know, I didn't have words to express what I had just experienced at that time. 
I had a fractured pelvis, a fractured sacrum, cracked ribs, internal bleeding. I mean, my body was in this trauma response yet. I just had this amazing expanses of experience. So it was, it's definitely, uh, was a, and has been a, um, integration of being embodied, being an embodied expression of the expanse that I had experienced and that is accessible. So I don't know if that starts to answer the question because for, I was in the hospital, then I was in rehab, then I had visiting nurses at my house And for about a solid year and a half, all I could do really, I mean, yes, I had PT coming to the house and I had OT and I had speech. All I could do was really sit and be and integrate because I, I, I remember my parents and some friends were over and they, they were like, here, try knitting. Cause I couldn't, you know, with the, everything was overwhelming. Everything was overstimulating in the body. Everything was visual noise. And, um, my hearing was so attuned that I could hear things, uh, that were in a, like a mouse squeaking in the next house. I mean, my hearing, I came back with such precise clarity of hearing and knowing and being able to see things in a multifaceted way and multidimensional way. And through the simply being and being in the stillness and being in the silence, um, like I said, for about a year and a half, everything just kind of settled. Like there was no thinking. I couldn't think I had a head injury and a brain injury. So it was simply. Wow being and allowing energy to flow through. Yeah. Wow. What a gift. I mean, wow. And, and uh, I, I mean, I, I apologize for being um, jealous, but. <laughs> no, no, I mean, yeah. And, and also, you know, there's no bypassing. There's no, we get into this thing about spiritual bypassing and about this toxic positivity. And yes, I am so immensely grateful and I feel so blessed to have this experience and the body really experienced trauma. And several years after the, um, the incident, I, I, I had a therapist, a physical therapist say to me and, uh, craniosacral they were like you really need some trauma therapy I was like what do you mean I had this amazing experience <laughs> like yeah you need some trauma therapy like, okay and then I started to see a somatic experience oh. therapist who's also involved with the Monroe Institute actually so that was a cool coming yeah. to but she's very grounded and then I got it oh the body really does keep the score and we're in the both end there's no bypassing what we experience in the body gives us clues actually yeah yeah i want to tell you bonnie road i love her description of her experience i've had similar experience and it's hard to find the words to describe and she does a beautiful job oh you know bonnie bird thank you thank thank you so much so appreciate that thank you bonnie Okay, so so you you have this um, experience where you're almost like a Zen monk um, in a cave, <laughs> and, 
and um, it, while you're healing, so you can integrate all of this expansiveness. And you were told to go big. What did that? Did, so as you're as you're as you're integrating all of this knowledge that is now an experience rather than a book you read mm -hmm. or a guru that you follows quote. Um, I, and I definitely can relate to all of that. Um, once you've had the experience and you can put it into some frame, usable framework, it's usually something to help others. It's not just for yourself. So is that the reason why they said go big is so you could share this to help others? So the living big... <clears throat> There was so much contained. Like I knew it's it's like when we get messages when we're here from uh, uh from our guidance system and from our mm -hmm. team of light or from our own higher self, you know, when the when the ego mind is is quieted down and we can access those states. And I knew in that it's time to live big, what that meant. Right. Like that wasn't that didn't need to be shared. And what it meant specifically in my life at the time was I was having intuitions and inner guidance and inklings and I wasn't listening. That's number one. Right. Okay. Because oftentimes I like to say we know what we know that we know, yet we don't always pay attention right. to what we know that we know that we know in our deepest sense of knowing. For whatever reasons, they're right, and the it's time to live big was to a pay attention to that, and uh, to release the fear and the doubt and the stories that the ego mind comes in because the ego does its job; it wants to keep us safe and it serves us. And also to really pay attention to what's coming from the voice of the soul and what is coming from the voice of the nervous system or the ego or the primal brain that wants to feel safe and loved and belonged and acknowledged and all of that. So there was this, it's time to live big. It's time to share and serve. And there's a message that I heard also to bring back, which was all is truly well. So living big according to those principles of all is truly well and really embracing them. And I'll share what those are in a minute and living unapologetically from that place of divinity within us. And also the live big was, you know, so often we have this inner voice of wisdom, our higher self, the voice of the soul that we live privately with and in relationship with. And then we have our outer facing self of how we um, operate in the world. And oftentimes those two things aren't aligned. And part of the live big is aligning that inner voice with the outer expression of who we be and who we are in the world. And then we are in total alignment with our divinity and with that of who we truly are. So for me, the live big was at the time I was 
being called to move in two, in two different directions. And I wasn't doing any of it. I was just kind of staying in a very comfortable, uh, monotonous, I don't want to say monotonous because a lot of things led up to the, to my, uh, NDE and the experience. I wasn't listening to my guidance system and the live big has to do with not worrying about what people think or what other people are going to say, or when you are expressing from your soul and your soul's calling. So I knew what that meant for me. And I knew the pillars of all is truly well, that I was shown uh, to come back and share that. I knew that that was part of why I came back was to use all of these experiences in service and to live big in doing that. Um, and, you know, live big for you could be your inner guidance is, is guiding you. It might be to make a phone call or to connect with someone or to even take a walk, get out of bed and go take a walk. And we don't listen. So living big always has to do with following the guidance of the inner knowing. Well, I found that um, most of the people that I've met that have had near-death experiences because they lost their fear of death, um, they come back very courageous. Um, there's a lovely, um, there's several people that actually, <clears throat> they've drowned and then they come back as marine biologists or, <laughs> I mean, uh, that's um, uh, Honkala. Um, I'm, I'm, Ingrid. Uh, Ingrid, thank you. I can't remember her first name. How terrible. I love it's her. What a name. Thank you. No, but but I think what happens is is when when you see that all of that um, programming that we've had as children or as a society <clears throat> that was designed to keep us healthy and safe actually is blocking us being creative um, contributors to consciousness and expanding consciousness. Um, <clears throat> People come back and it's like, okay, um, one of my coaches came back and he wrote two books. He got the downloads while he was sick in the hospital and he came back and within four months he had two books. I mean, that's amazing. Amazing. So, so the, the taking your foot off the brake, <laughs> putting it on the gas pedal. Yep. And you know, it's also when I came back, there was a lot of guidance I had. And even though I had had all this amazing experience and this guidance, my I, the ego was so tenacious. And there, there were all these excuses and these reasons and not still not listening and imposter syndrome, like all the things. It's not like, oh, I had this experience and I heard this and now I came back and lived according to it. I mean, I'm, yep. there's so much unwiring, like you said, of all this programming uh, to do. And the time is now we are in, you know, we have these personal cracked open moments. Perfect. I had a total cracked, I had literally cracked open. And we, and <clears throat> so we have these cracked open moments and collectively we have had a massive cracking open to creating this new paradigm, this new awareness to helping to elevate consciousness in 
every single one of us is being called to lead with light, lead from that divinity, lead from that light within us. And it doesn't mean it's easy because there is, there's a lot of uh, deprogramming of distortions that have existed in our culture and society. So it's liberating ourselves from those grids and structures and belief systems and that we've been indoctrinated and enculturated by, right? And it's paying attention and keeping on coming back to center, coming back to that voice, taking even small little actions. You know, living big doesn't have to mean right away you're going to go on a stage and share your message with thousands and thousands of people. It could be, wow, I'm going to really speak from my heart and speak from my authenticity right now. That could be stepping into your bigness. That's right. That's right. In fact, I think that is the, um, the call. If there is a call to um, a new future, a new being is to um, get, well, to clear as much as you can do the inner work so that your outer existence is aligned and uh, um, in harmony with that inner love. Because right now everything's discordant. Everything has a contrast. It's we're in polarity. We're in um, the, the, it's almost that competition uh, Darwinian model and that is just a program. It, it isn't anything more than that. So do you feel like your Montessori work and mm -hmm. the creativity and did you study um, Steiner and uh, Rudolf Steiner and all of that work? Okay. So yeah. did that help you with this, this expanded awareness and in integrating it? Yeah, so I so actually I was a Waldorf mom. Oh, okay. I was a Waldorf mom, Rudolf Steiner based um for 14 years. And wow, I was a Montessori guide for over 25. So wow. right. And really uh in Montessori land, my my world, my job, my my vocation, my service was literally to go in to a classroom and be completely present and mindful with who is this being? Who is this, uh -huh. this person right in front of me? And small children are so connected already because they don't have as many years experience of that indoctrination. So my work at that time was to go in and be fully present and intuitive with who this being and provide a space to explore and to experience, okay, now I'm in a human body, there's boundaries, there's like freedom within boundaries, we would say. Right. Yeah. And so that has informed when I came back, it was very clear to me. And what I was shown is that my work on the planet now is meeting adults and working with adults who have had that experience. And perhaps when I'm a grandparent, I'm going to, that doesn't need to happen anytime soon. <laughs> first. Not it's up to me, but you know, um, I'll resume working with children because it's so beautiful and easy to be with them and oh. to meet them in that God space. And there are two things that I definitely want to mention, but I hear, I'm feeling like you have a 
question. Well, well, I wanted to ask about the art of listening, because when you're talking about being totally present with this, um, this um, gift of nature, this uh, small child who is still totally aware of um, the bigger expanded view, because it's like, I can do this, and then I can do this, and I can do this. Um, what What is the, I, I think all of us adults need to learn how to listen, like you've learned to listen to the children to in every aspect. That's where all the remedies for this um, and problem solving that we need to do for our to go to a new life, a new era, is in that listening. Could you could you share? Because I imagine that's part of your your gift that you give people when they work with you as well. Yes, thank you. You know, listening is done on multiple levels. It's yes, we're listening to words being spoken. And in the case, you know, where I was with small children for so many years and developed this sense of being able to listen to the energy, mm-hmm. listening to the frequency. Mm-hmm. It's not just listening to what's tangible, right? It's listening what's in the energetic space right? What is there? Is there a density? Is there a lightness? It's, and a way we can cultivate that is when we're in nature, right? When you're in the woods, to notice, notice, notice your feet on the ground, notice the groundedness and listen, listen to the sounds. And when the mind wants to think and, 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 and it's much easier to do in nature to turn down the thoughts Listen, it's like when you listen to the wind, simply listening, listening to this to a stream. And if you don't have access to nature, um, like right outside your door, put on some um, nature sounds. Listening involves uh, attuning to all of the senses. And uh, what are the senses noticing about the energy and about the invisible spaces, right? So when we listen, it's on multiple levels. Um, And that's something that I continue to work on, right? I have a habit of interrupting or of, you know, really like, okay, coming back into awareness in my listening Am I truly listening or am I listening to respond or, or answer back or like simply receiving, you know, it's, it's a receiving really. It's a receiving of noticing. I think that's um, part of our evolution as a species is learning that gift of presence, which you're speaking about. And you're the the idea of getting um, connected to nature um, and the earth, who is really what we come from. That's the energy we we start with <laughs> as we're in these vessels. So that's perfect. 
but and, and I do think that's our future rather the listening to receive all of the input and then respond from that bigger knowing that bigger information packet than already having the the answer yeah you know something that you just brought up that I that I want to offer is we're so inundated with information right like we're listening all, like there's so much news and TV and this and reading and magazines or whatever it is however podcasts and which is fantastic <laughs> the podcast right <laughs> like turn down the noise it's there's noise and then there's there's just being still and listening inside of ourselves a lot of people um and this is shifting and and i think we all have to pay attention to it right like how much input are we receiving like just allowing ourselves to be and cultivating the listening of our inner heart and our the the place of love that we emerge from that we are a part of that we are inextricably woven to like listening and being able to hear the collective energy and what's being called for and words our words carry vibration and frequency since the dawn of time this is known and in a lot of mystical practices right and aramaic um, prayers and in a lot of mystical traditions in mantra there are words and frequency frequency and vibration to our words and really paying attention to what we speak into existence because there is a quantum listening. There is a listening of our own body. There is a listening of our mind. There is a listening in that we speak into the collective and our words matter their vibration and frequency. So something I like to do is replace but with and, you know, I catch myself or there's a lot of different words or how we speak to ourselves, like listen to how we speak to ourselves, right? And we can tweak that and shift that, which allows us to raise our own vibration and contributes to the raising of vibration of the collective and of humanity. That's perfect. And and I did notice at the beginning of um, the lockdown, I had a beautiful office and I closed it down and moved home. And um, and I noticed I myself talk. I had never noticed I wasn't being very nice to myself, but I caught it. And so that was amazing. You just don't even know what you don't know until something sparks you. Um, I have a question about trust mm -hmm. because that's a big issue that comes up for so many people and especially um, during these times where everything is changing, hopefully to a much more equitable, um, uh, spiritually sound way of living. But we've got, we've got a big um, change coming 
And how do you help people? Because you're you're into elevating futures. You're into awakening light for yourself and others. But using your incredible skills that you learned by your educating children and um, and and not just small children. I mean, uh, once you're in the Waldorf schools, that's um, can I speak? Um, <laughs> but but how would you because I think a lot of this gift that you offer is based in in having people trust themselves would you agree or could you talk about trust for us yes I can um with the as as we both mentioned with the societies and cultures right oftentimes <clears throat> that where that we've been indoctrinated into if our inner voice or our inner sense or intuition um, feels outside of those norms oftentimes we don't trust it and we don't listen to it because what are people going to say or or we just, we don't trust it for, or, or it doesn't fit in the box. And with so much with this cracking open, this ability to tap into our inner guidance system. And it's a practice um, to be able to trust ourselves. And when we come into alignment and we practice, practice with baby steps, that inner voice and that outer voice coming into alignment so that who we be is the version of our authentic self from the inside out. When we do that in small little increments, that increases trust. And trust, okay, I'm going to see if I could bring this around because it's wanting to be shared. Um, the voice of the soul is always a loving um, nourishing, supportive voice. We can always trust that. That comes from love. The voice of the ego is the voice of fear, the voice of doubt, the voice of excuses, the voice of reasoning, all of that. Um, paying attention to that, right? And that doesn't mean we don't have discernment. It means that trust in our own ability to, to listen, to access our North Star, um, which is our light, which is the voice of our soul, which is wants to see us succeed and um, is always supportive. That's built through practice. And when I'm working with people, I'm putting some workshops together that will hopefully be offered in the spring and summer to guide people to access the superconscious. You can call it the higher self, the voice of the soul, that part of us that can get really um, uh, louder and clearer when our voice of our ego is shut down. 
is turned lower. So then we can bring that through and embody it and receive answers from it because there's so much that's stored in that superconscious and that the superconscious knows that oftentimes we don't hear over the noise of the ego and the enculturation and the indoctrinations and all of that. I hope that made sense. And there's also what I was shown in this all is truly well is all is truly well encompasses these pillars of forgiveness, compassion, trust, surrender, um, service, gratitude, love, joy. And when we can practice accessing these pillars and living by these pillars, we cultivate a sense of trust in relationship with that higher part of ourselves, because that higher part of ourselves lives in those states. Does Is this making sense? Of oh, how it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. I don't want to interrupt uh, anything. <laughs> yeah. I just want to make sure that it's making uh of course. Verbal sense as it relates to trust. Um, we can always trust ourselves and our voice that's connected in with the divine, our superconscious, the voice of the soul. And I oftentimes I'll say to myself, is this the voice of my nervous system or is this the voice of my soul? And the voice of the soul is always aligned with love. Right, right. Yeah. And and that's the one that we might go, uh. <laughs> Yeah, right. Or, or we need to talk to someone else to validate what the the memo we just got from the divine. Yeah. So Felice, um, as far as elevating futures, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because honestly, I, I hope I hope everyone is feeling your energy as much as I am during this talk because um you are a portal to that to remembering who we really are. You really are. And it's such a delight to have that experience with you. And I hope many more people get a chance to have that experience. But but we are um we are in a time of change and choosing. And if you choose to elevate your future, um do you want to talk a little bit about yes. what that means? Okay, great. Yes, I do. Okay. So um, so in futuring, there are, there are, I'm going to break it down and, and just keep it relatable. We can choose dark, dim, bright, and brilliant futures, right? And I can be pretty confident in sharing that we all want to live into our brilliant future, right? right. And there are ways to recognize if we're are we if we're going into a dim a dark future or a dim future or a bright or a brilliant and when we make choices you could say like uh, so i'm going to just uh relate it to if you can it not if picture your future self picture the choices your future self is making picture 
how your future self feels, vision how your how your body feels, how your energy is, how your relationships are, where you live, what you're doing, who you're being. And if you when you envision your brilliant future as that uh, potential that you know that you are, making choices in the now that align like who what would my brilliant future self do what would they say what would they choose who would they be uh, making choices that are in alignment with that is how we bring the future self into the now that's how we collapse time right, right? um so there's a whole slew of what indicates if i'm in a dim future or a or a dark future or a dim or a bright and a brilliant. And what happens is we start to recognize through our uh, the words that we're using or the choices that we're making or the repetitive uh, behaviors and um, what's the word patterns uh, that we're in, we could recognize, oh, I'm going into a dim future now. Oh, and I'm going into a dark future now. No, and we can have awareness and bring ourselves back so we can make a different choice so we could live into our brilliancy. So this is something that I have been practicing and working with. Hence, I want to bring it all together to be able to offer it in the spring because it's really profound work and it's really how we impact and change our lives and filtering out into the collective, into the quantum field, into that quantum entanglement. And it matters, right? It matters. We have our impact, just like when someone walks into a room and if their energy, we're like, oh, their vibe is really heavy, right? We say that all the time, not all the time, but we say that Mm -hmm. often and noticing, right? um, That how our energy feels for ourselves and impacts the spaces around us and what we attract into our field. So that all has to relate with these brilliant futures. And we have the opportunity right now with these new paradigms being created. And that was a gift of COVID really was to crack us open to collectively to a new way, right? Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. Right. So to choose to live into these brilliant futures and be expressive and be from our connection with our spirituality, which is becoming more and more commonplace now, right? It's a, it's not like, oh, that's really woo and out there. And actually, like Barbara Marks Hubbard, and there's, there's many uh, well-known futurists that have, and I, I say that in quote, because you know, futuring is this huge field on the physical, mental, emotional, individual, societal uh, planes of existence. So it's a huge topic and it's a huge field. And I'm really excited to be a part of it and to delve into it. And I've in the process of completing my um, advanced futuring training with one of my mentors, Yvonne Delaflor, and that's been phenomenal. And I'm excited to offer more about that and how to recognize, again, where we're in dark, dim, brighter, brilliant futures. I love that. I love that. I always think of it as timelines because I assume I'm having all of those different timelines, but 
today I choose. So every morning you can wake up and choose to be the brilliant, powerful, uh, love-filled, light-filled being that you are, or you can choose the grumpy, unhappy one. Right. And, right? Yeah. One more thing, because I know we're, we're getting to time, is that we are all here every single one of us to be embodied expressions of love, of love knowing itself. You can equate love, source, divine, whatever is the, the infinite intelligence, the God of your understanding. We are here to be embodied expressions of that in our own unique individual ways. How exciting is that? That's so perfect. And um, we want to make sure that everyone knows how to find you. Okay. And um, I've been putting your website up, but um, Felice, how is the best way for people to follow and find out more about what you're doing? It's groundedillumination.com, which is a good reminder for me also rounding the illuminations because it's all fine and well and super fun to go out here and be expansive yeah. and we're in these bodies right now we are in the both end of being human and soul so yeah so grounded illumination and my instagram is felice underscore demartino facebook so, yeah. And Facebook, yeah, and, and you can find her, and you can also, if you want, um, you can find out more uh, about her because she's has some fantastic interviews mm -hmm. on YouTube as well. So you can put in her name and Felice DiMartino, and you'll see, you'll get to learn more and more and more and different aspects of this because you, she's just getting started with sharing her heart and her um, essence. And you can see that there's a, a joyful vitality to it. So this is not gonna be a boring way to learn. <laughs> this is gonna be fun, 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 and, um, and a fast way to change. Because when you're having fun, you do learn faster, right? Yes, and it accelerates the process. It's joyful, it's joyful. Yes. It well, mean, again, it doesn't mean we, we we can't allow ourselves to have hard times. I mean, we're physiologically and biologically wired. And yes, joyful and also being in community and the momentum that's created and the energy that's created. Yes. It's so cool. I can't wait to see the next steps. And thank you so much for this. This is the perfect conversation to have before the new year so that you can choose to be a light and show up as the light that you are. So thank you very much, Felice. We thank you, everyone. Thank we'll you. Do this again. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, dear.